1: When somebody challenges you and says, call a lawyer, little do they expect that you're going to maliciously comply. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, that door is for members only. I was not the malicious compliance engineer, rather just a participant. So a while back, I worked for a country club, and occasionally we would have a tournament slash game where people would come play a few holes at night. We also had other activities as well. Not only was it fun, but due to the abnormal hours, the tips were usually above average. So I tried to work these events when they came up. Another plus side was if you worked this party, you automatically got to come in later and weren't scheduled for the morning shift. This time when the tournament slash party rolls around, we have some renovations going on. Due to this party being outside, we have to carry the things we need… outside. However no one thought of this and the double bay doors we normally use were no longer available. They put pallets of concrete and old tile in front of them, wasn't a fire escape door so no biggie I guess. Due to this now we had to carry whatever we needed down the hall, use the elevator and then go down and make a shift ramp that led to the basement so we could go out the golf cart bay doors. This not only disrupted the kitchen staff but also disrupted the cart jockeys. If we were almost at the end of the tunnel leading outside, a car jockey was trying to bring in a cart, he had to wait. And vice versa and the same thing went when we used the kitchen elevator and walkway. We started getting ready for the party around 6 o'clock. We would take the needed items over to the shelter and store them there, until it was closer to start time. It took a lot of time due to the complexity of carrying and rolling huge tables around the entire country club, especially the elevator. Some of our tables were so big we had to shove the light fixtures up a little bit to get them to fit. Around 9 o'clock we were getting the last of the supplies when my coworker Steve has the bright idea, hey it's been dark for about 45 minutes, let's go out the front door and since it's on the same level as our storage we have no elevator or small hallways to worry about. Well we take one load out, load it in the cart, take the second load out and load it in the cart, no problem. Right as we were loading the third and final load, our banquet slash planning captain comes rushing over. No, 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 that door's for members only. You can't use it to load that stuff. Sorry, we figured that since no one had been golfing in the past hour, it was fine. They say, well, it's not okay, and if I see anyone use this door for anything else, you will face disciplinary actions. You cannot use this door unless you are a member. Well, crap. We both decided to take the rest of the load out the more difficult way and then carry it all the way around back to where our cart was waiting with the other two loads. We drive off to the event and start getting set up as it'll begin soon. What we discovered later on is that no one told the last cart jockey that none of us had a key to 1. Unlock the door or 2. To lock it when we leave. So naturally we tried all the usual doors we can enter in, even the one from the break room for smokers to use. Nada. Steven says, hold on, I'll be back, runs to the front, and lo and behold, one of the doors to the front was unlocked. Too bad it's for members only and none of us are members. The five of us decide it's worth the extra time to be petty, so Steven calls the banquet coordinator our boss and lets her know. After much discussion, she realizes we can't leave it at the shelter, as it will most likely ruin our chairs and some of the wooden tables, as well as the decorations we have and she has to come in. By the time that we're finished, it's almost 4.30. It was a lot faster with no kitchen personnel or cart jockeys, but still took a while, especially with the added time it took her to get there. Well, guess who showed up at 4.30? Our general manager. He used the front door that we found was unlocked. He saw our boss and asked why she was here so early, which she replied that we were locked out, so she had to come let us in. Then he asked her why didn't we just use the front doors since they were wide enough and unlockable from the inside, unlike the cart doors. This brought a heck storm of rage upon the five of us. She came speedwalking in her heels looking like she wanted to turn us to stone like Medusa. Five of y'all and none of y'all tried the freaking front door? Really? Why the heck did no one check the bloody front doors before calling me? At this point, I was like, oh crap. Out of nowhere, here comes Steven with, you said we couldn't use that door or we would face disciplinary actions. If looks could kill, Steven would be dead. She glared at him, then her eyes glazed over. She turned around and went to go get ready for her shift. There was never another word about it, but we all laughed about it for a few weeks. By the next time we had an event outside, the construction and restorations were complete, so we just used our normal doors to go out. The only thing that would have been better is telling the GM that this happened. Have the terrible boss exposed for being a terrible boss. Also hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of malicious compliance, why to not hit that subscribe button down below. That said, our next story is... I didn't have to work overtime? Okay, roger that. I'm a mariner. My position on the ship is mate, below me are my deckhands who are responsible for the labor work like painting, grinding, maintenance, line handling, cargo ops, etc. Above me is the chief mate, second in command, and the captain, in charge of everyone and the responsible individual for the entire ship. We are officers and we do the planning for navigation, ship handling, training, payroll, etc. I work for a private company that pays me by a day rate, which is a 12 hour workday. I work one month on and one month off. Like most industries, we are undermanned, can't hire enough to fill all positions. Now, this ship I work is even harder to crew up, mainly because of the captain. He's got a notorious reputation for being a jerk, so people find all sorts of ways to not come to this boat, and if they do, they only work one tour and never come back. I joined the ship back in May and for the last 7 months it's been kinda heck working for this captain. He's a narcissist, condescends everyone, insults everyone, works us like slaves, never thinks us. Just an all around class act. You know these types of bosses. They never let up, they push you to the limit and just make you hate work and life. With that said, I've been working 15, sometimes 18 hours a day because we're short handed I'm doing all sorts of work that's not in my job description. I had to do cargo ops, handle mooring lines, maintenance, all in addition to my mate duties. I'm a very hard worker, a team player, and never say no to work. The thing is, we don't get paid for any more than 12 hours of work a day, so all these extra hours I worked are unpaid. Planning for your next trip?
0: Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare Short-Term Plans at uh1.com.
1: Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash, StorytimePod. It burns me and I freaking hate it, but like I said, I'm a team player. I want to make sure it's safe for my guys. The operations get completed and clients stay happy, so I do what's asked of me. I'm also the cook. We don't have an official cook on board because this is considered a small crew and small ship. I was cooking lunch every day for my crew and many dinners, too. Generally, you're on your own for breakfast and dinner. I was so good at my job that he and the chief mate passed their duties on to me so they can just sit back and relax. Chief mates and captains have a lot of paperwork to do, but I was handling that for them too up until this point. Well one day, I'm just completely burnt out on these 15 to 18 hour days. I get into a discussion about how the captain in the company is stealing my wages because I'm working more than 12 hours a day. I asked him if I could show up to watch an hour later than my scheduled duty. The engine department does this when they require their folks to work overtime the day before. I work a swing shift, which overlaps both the captain and chief mate, so it's not unheard of or uncommon to let guys show up late, especially if they worked more than 12 hours the previous day. Well, once I asked to sleep in an extra hour, all heck broke loose with him insulting me, calling me names, being racist. ''Nobody wants to work anymore, blah blah blah.'' Just nasty, inappropriate behavior that shouldn't happen but happens all the time in this industry. He then finishes the verbal beatdown with a cocky eating grin. ''You know, mate, you never had to work overtime. You could have just said no.'' I was steaming at this point, but I just replied with, ''Okay, roger that. I called it a day and went to bed.'' Cue malicious compliance. The next day I'm already on watch and he comes to work and asks me what's for lunch. I said, nothing, I'm not cooking today. They said, did you pull anything out from the freezer at least? Nope. So nobody had any real food for lunch. They all made sandwiches and ate chips instead. Later that day, hey, I need you to go finish painting the rescue boat. The guys are busy with other projects and I want this done today. I said, well, captain, since it's not on my job description, I respectfully decline." We get into a little arguing, but he concedes. The very next day, he pulls the same thing. What's for lunch? Nothing. What do we have that we can cook real fast? I don't know, Captain. I didn't check. Cooking isn't my job, remember? So I don't plan on doing it. He rushes to cook some whole chickens in an hour, and they came out raw and really ticked off the crew. Nobody touched his food. This routine lasted a whole week until it was the end of my tour and I got to go home. I returned to duty a month later and he thought I would forget or let it slide. I indeed did not forget or let it slide. For the next entire month long tour, the captain had to do the cooking because the chief mate and I refused to do it and he complained because he had to wake up early and prep food. I was already doing all of that when I was cooking, I just didn't complain. I enjoy cooking, but I was willing to die on this hill. I wasn't letting it go. I refused to let him win this battle. I did not cook one meal. To be petty, I made myself delicious food, didn't share it. I refused any work that wasn't in my job description. What's he gonna do? Write me up on disciplinary for not doing someone else's job that isn't mine? Or for not working past 12 hours? Not happening. Understand, at this point I was physically tired, burnt out, and mentally drained from doing everybody's job and taking crap from him. I asked for a transfer to another ship, but got denied, so I'm still stuck on this ship with this captain, but now he knows where I stand, and I haven't cooked or did extra duties since, and that's what you get for taking advantage of a good worker and always insulting me. It's one thing for bad managers to piss off somebody that was holding a job together, a workplace together, but when you're out at sea and this person is doing cooking that they didn't have to do, extending themselves on chores they didn't have to do, you would think you would just about worship that worker. Our next story is, just freaking leave? Well alrighty then. So my ex-wife used to pull the bull move of getting out of the car and walking whenever there was an argument knowing my stupid butt would follow her and try to convince her to get back in so we could go home. One night she started an argument, accusing me of flirting with the waitress, who was the mother of one of my high school friends. Definitely wasn't on my radar of women to flirt with, and I let her know that in no uncertain terms. As usual, she jumped out of the car and starts walking. So here I go, driving next to her, window down trying to coax her back into the car, Now, on this particular evening, it was raining and cold and I'd really just had enough of this stupid habit of hers, so I asked her twice to get in, and I told her I'd leave if she didn't. She said, just freaking leave, go home. So I did. Went home, cracked open a cold Pepsi, grabbed my new book, plopped my butt down in the recliner and started reading. 30 minutes later, she flings the door open, looking like a drowned rat and extremely pissed. She starts yelling, Where did you go? Why didn't you come back for me? I calmly said, Well, you told me to leave and go home. I just figured you needed some time to cool off. Funny, you know, she never got out of the car again for some reason. This is definitely a very childish behavior, and I agree with the way OP handled this. You just eventually at some point show that you're not putting up with it. I'm willing to bet she learned this from doing it to her parents, but it's much different when it's your kid that you legally have to protect. Our next story is, she said, contact a lawyer, okay? Injured at work, ambulance, hospital, doctors, inpatient therapy, outpatient therapy, excellent first class. Insurance did not cut corners. During hospitalization, some small nerve damage was found. I was told it could last for years or fix itself. Immediate solution, a pill. Used for the treatment of mild Parkinson's, one a day if needed. It worked well. During my 8 months of therapy I used about 15-20 to pills a month. Physical therapy completed, great therapists. I returned to work. The pills were prescribed in a frequency greater than my use, but the pharmacy would call on schedule to pick up more. At one point I realized they hadn't called, so I called. Prescription expired I was told. I had plenty of unused pills so I wasn't in a rush for more. I contacted the insurance company. I was told, case closed. I argued that this was part of the original diagnosis and might continue for years. Case closed was the response. I offered to pay for the pills but needed the script from the doctor to get more. I was told that all I could do was reopen the claim. I said okay, thank you, how do I do that? The answer was given. Call a lawyer, she said. I had been treated very well by the insurance company up to this point without litigation but okay, $84,000 plus their legal fees. The pills were 34 cents each, $81 a year all I wanted were the pills. Note to underwriting, don't be in such a rush to end workmen's comp claims. I just wanted the pills. I just despise this method of diagnosis or cutting off treatment. When you get to the point of, you can manage, so therefore we're not going to pay for anything anymore. In a perfect world, you get supported till you're 100% or as close as you possibly can get.